0: Well, we're going to finish up Gideon today. Judges chapter 7. Last week we left Gideon and his servant Pura hiding in the camp of the Midianites. And Gideon and Pura have overheard the dream of one of the soldiers of the Midianites, and then another soldier interprets that dream. And the interpretation is basically how the sword of Gideon is about to conquer them. Gideon hears this interpretation, and there, hiding in the camp of the Midianites, Gideon worships. He has to quietly worship. But he's thanking God for his goodness and for his deliverance of Israel, delivering the enemy of Israel into his hands. And the battle has not even began yet, but Gideon is worshiping. And he worships by faith. And if we're to worship, our worship has to be by faith or it's not pleasing to God. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. So we worship by faith. Gideon's hiding, but he still has that moment of worship. Some churches feel worship must be highly vocal. With much exuberance and emotion. And there's nothing wrong with that. There really isn't. But Gideon worships where he has to be silent, he's in hiding, he's in the enemy's camp, and he's worshiping. Now, I was raised in a Pentecostal church. And we were often told uh, by the person that was leading worship, whatever, raise your hands and praise the Lord. My hands went deeper into my pockets. I was a little rebellious, I agree, but hey, I didn't like the idea of somebody telling me how to worship. But there's times when worship is vocal, and there's times when we quietly appreciate God's goodness. And they're both worship. King David, on one occasion, after a victory, he openly dances before the Lord and the people of Israel. He's dancing before the Lord. And then on another occasion, he has some of his men break through and get some water from the well at Bethlehem. And what does David do? He pours the water out as a drink offering to the Lord. And he pours the water on the ground. So worship can take many forms. And many churches take a different approach to worship. And that's okay. That's great. I will only say this about worship, worship with a pure heart, worship in spirit, worship in truth, and you will find your worship is to God. After Gideon worships, he and his army of 300, reduced down from 35,000 to 300, they will conquer and they will rout the Midianites. They're to put fire in, a tor- uh, uh, in the form of a torch, and they're to put it in a concealed jar like a water pitcher, and they're to put a trumpet in the other hand. Now they're going to war. they got a pitcher in one hand and a trumpet in the other. So let's pick it up in Judges chapter 7, verse 16. Then he divided the 300 men into three companies and he put a trumpet into every man's hand with the empty pitchers and the torches inside the pitchers. And he said to them, look at me and do likewise. Watch, and when I come to the edge of the camp, you shall do as I do. While I blow the trumpet, when I blow the trumpet, I and all who are with me, then you also blow the trumpet on every side of the whole camp and say... The Sword of the Lord and of Gideon, so Gideon and the hundred men who were with him came to the outpost of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch, just as they had posted the watch, and they blew the trumpets and broke the pitchers and there were that were in their hand. Then the three companies blew the trumpets and broke the pitchers. And held the torches in their left hand and the trumpets in their right hand for blowing. And they cried, The sword of the Lord and of Gideon. And every man stood in his place all around the camp. And the whole army, speaking of the Midianites, ran and cried out and fled. When the three hundred men blew the trumpets, the Lord set every man's sword against his companion throughout the whole camp. And the army fled to Beth Acacia towards Zahara as far as the border of abel Molah, by Tabith. Now there's a battle plan. (laughs) Break your clay pitchers, expose the torches, and blow your trumpets. And and you can shout also. (laughs) Shout, uh, the sword of the Lord and the sword of Gideon. Gideon does this right as the watch is changing, and this is at midnight. And the entire army of the Midianites is frightened beyond words. They turn on each other. They begin to kill one another, and they're running from Gideon at the same time. And there is a progression here. Gideon, he worships. He's encouraged by God in his worship by the interpretation of the dreams. And when we worship, we also become encouraged. It will actually lift your spirits and lift your heart when you worship. But back in verse 10, Gideon is told by God, if you're afraid, Gideon, go down to the Midianite camp, and I will show you what I, God, am doing for you. Gideon tells his little army when they go into battle, look at me and do what I do. Gideon was an example. Anyone who serves God in any capacity, you have to be a worshiper. If you're not willing to worship your Lord, then you shouldn't be serving your Lord. Worship God goes hand in glove with serving God. Second, as God gives direction, and he will give you direction if you're serving him, be obedient to that direction. And also we're to be an example. Be ready to tell anyone, watch me and do as I do. That's part of serving. Gideon declared, look at me and do what I do. Now, I cannot effectively tell you to trust God and have faith if I do not demonstrate faith. I have to demonstrate what I talk about. Parents, our children are watching us to see if our faith is real. My mom and dad had one great critic, and I was it. (laughs) I watched them carefully. Our children can be like little holy spirits that God put in our home. <laughs> if you want to know something's uh, good or bad, ask your children. Ask a little child; they know instinctively what is good and what is bad. Gideon, with his three hundred men, he puts to chase the entire camp of Midian, which is a hundred thirty-five thousand. Strong. That's a lot of people now. Gideon and his little army, they take the land from the Midianites. They take their wells and their watering places. And they do this all the way down to the Jordan River. Gideon also, he's captured two of the princes of Midian, Orb, and Zed. Now, doesn't that sound like a backwoods name? Zed. Hey, Zed, come here. <laughs> anyway, and he decapitates these two princes right in front of the children of Israel, and he puts their heads on display. It, war can be gruesome. So let's pick it up in Judges chapter 8, and we'll do the first 21 verses. Drink a water Now the men of Ephraim said to him, Why have you done this to us by not calling us when you went to fight the Midianites? And they reprimanded him sharply. So he said to them, What have I done now in comparison with you? Is not the gleaning of the grapes of Ephraim better than the vintage of Abbiezer? God has delivered into your hand the princes of Midian, Oreb and Zeb. And what am I able to do in comparison with you? Then their anger towards him subsided when he said that. When Gideon came to the Jordan, he and the 300 men who were with him crossed over, exhausted but still in pursuit. Then he said to the men of Sukkoth, Please give loaves of bread to the people who follow me, for they are exhausted, and I am pursuing Zeba and Zalmunna, kings of Midian. And the leaders of Sukkoth said, are the hands of Zeba and Zalmunna now in your hand that we should give bread to your army? So Gideon said, For this cause, when the Lord has delivered Zeba and Zalmunna into my hand, when I te- then I will tear your flesh with thorns of the wilderness and with briars. Then he went up from there to Penuel and spoke to them in the same way. And the men of Penuel answered him as the men of Sukkoth had answered. So he... Also spoke to the men of Penuel, saying, When I come back in peace, I will tear down this tower. Now Ziba and Zalmunna were at Karkor, and their armies with them, about 15,000, all who were left of the army of the people of the east, for 120,000 men who drew the sword had fallen. Then Gideon went up by the road uh, of those who dwelt in the tents on the east of Noba and and Jagabath, or whatever and he asked the army while the while the camp felt secure and when Zeba and Zalmunna fled he pursued them and he took the two kings of Midian Zeba and Zalmunna and he routed the whole army then Gideon the son of Joash returned from battle from the ascent of Heres and he caught a young man of the men of Sukoth and he interrogated him Probably not waterboarding, but he interrogated him. And he wrote down for him the leaders of Sukkoth and its elders, 77 men. And when he came to the men of Sukkoth, he said, Here are Zeba and Zalmunna, about whom you ridicule me, saying, Are the hands of Zeba and Zalmunna now in your hands, that we should give bread to you weary men? And he took the elders of the city. And the thorns of the wilderness and the briars, and with them he taught the men of Sukkoth. I imagine he taught them. But anyway, then he tore down the tower of Penuel and killed the men of the city. And he said to Ziba and Zalmunna, What kind of men were they whom you killed at Tabor? So they answered, As you are. So they were. Each one resembled the son of a king. Then he said, They were my brothers, the sons of my mother. As the Lord lives, if you had let them live, I would not kill you. And he said to Jether, his firstborn, rise, kill them. But the youth would not draw his sword, for he was afraid because he was still a youth. Then Ziba and Zalmunna says, rise yourself and kill us, for as a man is so is his strength. So Gideon rose and killed Zeba and Zalmunna, and he took the crescent ornaments that were on their camel's neck. Gideon has pursued the Midianites. He's asked for bread for his troops uh, from the people of Sukkoth, and they refused Gideon. Well, you got 300 chasing over 100,000. Uh, I might hesitate to give him bread too. But then Gideon asks Penuel for food for his troops, and they also refuse him. Gideon continues his chase of the Midianite. He continues his pursuit, and he kills all the Midianites, and he kills their kings. But then he returns to Sukkoth, and it says he taught the men of Sukkoth with thorns and briars. He gave them lashes with briars and thorns. Now that had to smart a little bit. (laughs) Then Gideon tore down the tower of Penuel and he killed the men of that city. And Gideon, once he received the confirmation that God was delivering the Midianites into his hands, he was a valiant warrior. Even when fatigued and they needed bread and food and water, he continued to chase the Midianites and he destroyed them. And if the story ended there Gideon would say, good, you did well. But let's read the rest of the story. Judges 8, 22 through 35. Then the men of Israel said to Gideon, Rule over us, both you and your sons, your grandsons also, for you have delivered us from the hand of Midian. But Gideon said to them, I will not rule over you, nor shall my son rule over you. The Lord shall rule over you. Then Gideon said to them, I would like to make a request to you that each of you would give me the earrings from his plunder, for they had golden earrings because they were Ishmaelites. So they answered, We will gladly give them. And they spread out a garment, and each man threw into it the earrings from his plunder. Now the weight of the gold earrings that he requested was 1,700 shekels of gold beside the crescent ornaments, pendants, and purple robes which were on the kings of Midian and besides the chains that were around the neck of the camels. Then Gideon made it into an ephod and set it up in the city of Ophrah, and all of Israel played the harlot with it. It became a snare to Gideon and his house. Thus the Midianites were subdued before the children of Israel, so that they lifted their heads no more, and the country was quiet for forty years in the days of Gideon. Then Jerubbabel the son of Joash, went and dwelt in his own house. Gideon had 70 sons who were with his own offspring for he had many wives and his concubines who were in Shechem also bore him a son whose name he called Abimelech. Now Gideon the son of Joash died at a good old age and they and was buried in the tomb of Joash his father in Ophrah of the Aberzites. So it was as soon as Gideon was dead that the children of Israel again played the harlot with Baals and made Baal bareth their God. Thus the children of Israel did not remember the Lord their God, who had delivered them from the hands of their enemies on every side. Nor did they show kindness to the house of Jerubbabel who was Gideon, in accordance with the good he had done for Israel. The men of Israel, they beg Gideon, be our king, rule over us. And then, once you're gone, let your sons rule over us. And to Gideon's credit, he says, it's not going to happen. Nope, he refuses. I will not rule over you, nor my sons are going to rule over you. The Lord shall rule over you. But Gideon... He can't pass up the opportunity to become rich. He asked for the gold earrings and the pendants, the golden pendants that are around the camel's necks, plus the purple robes, the royal robes. And remembered that their camels of the Ishmaelites were without number. There is a huge pile of gold on this blanket that they've spread out there. And the weight of the gold was 1,700 talents. That's a vast amount of gold. And Gideon takes that gold, fashions it into an ephod, which is simply a golden robe. Robes happen to be worn by priests. Gideon has refused being king, and that's good. But in verse 27, this ephod now becomes a snare to Gideon and to his family. And when it says Israel played the harlot, that means that Israel would come and actually worship this golden ephod, this robe, and it is a snare to them. But Gideon's victory has given Israel 40 years of peace. And Gideon takes many wives and concubines, and and he has 70 sons. Abimelech, a despicable character, is the son of one of his concubines, and we will look at him next week. But Gideon, he's not interested in being a king. He has no desire to be a king. But apparently, being a priest, being a religious person that is looked o, looked up to, it has an appeal to Gideon. Thus the golden ephod, this priestly garment, this priestly attire that has become a snare to Gideon. Remember our scripture reading when we started out in Hebrews 12.1, lay aside, be careful of the sin The snare which so easily entangles you. We are all tempted to sin. It doesn't uh, uh, pass any of us by. We all have our weak moments. Sin is pleasurable. We wouldn't sin if it wasn't pleasurable. But it's also addictive. And it leads to destruction. Gideon, in his little episode with the Lord, God sends a prophet to Gideon and tells him how God will deliver uh, Midian to Gideon. God has his prophet also tell Gideon that as he was brought out of slavery in Egypt, the children of Israel, that is, God give them the promised land. So don't be afraid, Gideon. Don't be afraid of the Amorites. Don't be afraid of the Midianites. And then Jesus himself appeared to Gideon. And he gives him encouragement The Lord is with you, Gideon. Therefore, go up in this strength of yours and save Israel. Gideon likes what he hears, but he wants a sign from God. And he says, If it's you, God, who are speaking to me, give me a sign. And Jesus touches the rock where his offering is, and fire comes up out of the rock and consumes the meat and the bread. God gives him a sign. But Gideon isn't quite convinced. He's close, but he's not quite there. And then he says, Lord, let me lay out a fleece before you. Let the fleece be wet and the ground around be dry. That happens. Then he says, okay, God, reverse it. And God reverses it. The fleece is dry and the ground is wet. And then God proceeds to reduce Gideon's army from 35,000 to 300. And then by the hand of God, Gideon routs the Midianites. And we have a 40-year period of peace in Israel. That's a long time for peace. Israel then, realizing that Gideon is a man of God, they want Gideon to rule over them, be their king, but Gideon says, no, not going to happen. And Gideon he has been valiant. He's been... Obedient. He's been that good soldier. He's been a great soldier in warfare. But in verse 24 of chapter 8. We read. I would like to make a request of you. Here's what I want children of Israel. All the earrings that you have plundered from the Ishmaelites. Who fought uh, against uh, Israel. Now, the Ishmaelites, they mention them simply because they wore their jewelry. You wore your wealth mostly on your face. <laughs> earrings, nose rings, all those kind of things. And he says, give me the gold earrings, the pendants, the gold from the, uh, around the camel's neck. And uh, that will be my, my pay. That will be what I desire. So they gladly give Gideon The gold booty that they have plundered from the Ishmaelites and Midian. Now this gold, it sets Gideon up for life. It not only uh, turns into a golden ephod, but he's now a wealthy man. But Gideon, he fashions this gold into woven thread, and he makes a robe out of it. Now, that had to be a shiny robe. (laughs) And gold is very malleable, and gold doesn't rust, of course. But why does Gideon want a golden robe? Of all things, why do you want a golden robe? Well, whoever wore this golden robe would immediately receive honor, and recognition as a priest, as a man of God. Gideon wanted to be recognized as a priest. Can't you just hear the people, ooh, Gideon, you look so good in that golden ephod. (laughs) And it's a snare. It says Israel played the harlot or Israel worshipped this golden ephod especially when Gideon would wear it before the people in verse 27 we read the ephod became a snare to Gideon and to his house Gideon he's called as a great man of valor by God but he's snared he's caught up into sin by a golden robe that brings to life the verse in Hebrews 12 one that says lay aside every weight probably was a heavy robe (laughs) every encumbrance that could snare you lay it aside shy away from it where is your weakness and where is my weakness? What is our Achilles heel? Is it money? Wealth? Possessions? Power? Authority? Perhaps a position? Let me be real with you here for a second. Almost every man that I know must guard against looking upon women lustfully. It's just a guard we have to put up. You can't do it. You know where it'll lead. You know where that will take you. Job declared, I have made a covenant with my eyes not to look upon a young maiden. Job knew the temptations. He knew the lust that can grab you when you look upon a young maiden. Advertisers know that beautiful women, scantily attired, capture attention, especially of men. Have you seen Hardee's and Carl's Jr. commercials? If you have, you've seen Bikini-clad women advertising hamburgers. Why? Why would you do that? Because it grabs your attention. Women also can be caught up into lusting for beautiful things. It's not just a man thing. Women can get caught up into all kind of different beautiful things. But who would have thought Gideon, would want a golden ephod. I would have never thought that of Gideon if I hadn't read about it. A shiny robe, a glistening robe that becomes a snare to him. What is a snare? It's simply a camouflaged trap. That's all it is. Do not allow sin to trap you. After all of Gideon's battles and victories for God, he is snared. He is trapped by a golden robe. Now, that wouldn't have little, if any, appeal to me. But for Gideon, it was a snare. And Gideon ends his life with 70 sons, many wives, many concubines, And it was not a good ending for a man that was used mightily by God. So learn from Gideon. Learn from him. Don't be snared. Don't be caught in the sin that so easily wants to encumber you. Amen? Amen. Let me get you to stand. We'll close in prayer. Father God, we would pray, and I often pray, Lord, that you would lead me from temptation. Not let me get caught up into temptation that I will succumb to. Lord, there's there's so much out there that would try to trap us, try to snare us into sinning against you. And Gideon, great soldier, valiant warrior, man of faith wins a great battle for Israel, yet he's snared by a golden robe. And it's so sad, Lord, to read and to hear that. So, Lord, you keep us, you deliver us from any temptation that would snare us. We ask that by your Spirit you watch over us and protect us, Lord. Do that. There's not a person here that wants to fall to sin, Lord, so let us be wise. Let us learn from Gideon. Let us seek the Spirit's help in delivering us from evil. You even had Jesus in His what we call the Lord's Prayer. Pray that you enter not into temptation. And Lord, we don't want to enter into temptation either. So help us, Lord. Be our deliverer. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.